2: that's right, Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games.
1: Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Rootcast is back, and welcome in to hate week or wait, wait, wait. No, it's love week now, I believe. I think that's the new thing that we're going with. Luke Giardi here along with Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani coming off a huge win against Wisconsin in the big house on Saturday night. Michigan, Michigan State Week. This is always one of the best weeks of the year. Guys, what's going on, man? Good to have you back.
1: Not much. Uh, You know, we talk about hate week, love week. I think it's really important in weeks like this to Respect your opponent and, and definitely, definitely not nitpick at any of their flaws and definitely not poke, poke fun at, at how, uh, uh, I mean, these are, these are not my words. These are other people's words, uh, the little brother mentality, uh, how they tend to act. So we definitely will not poke fun of that at all. We're not going to poke fun at the program. It's nothing but love, uh, today in this episode, as we not only wrap up last week's, uh, sh- uh, Schlacking or you know smackdown of Wisconsin. That was a beatdown.
2: It was a beatdown. Yeah,
1: well, uh, yeah, it was. I, I did not expect that, and we'll get into that here. But um, you know, we'll we'll share. We'll we'll get into that. We'll talk about the obviously big week for Michigan. Michigan State always a huge week in the state of Michigan. Uh, bragging rights on the line. Really more than that on the line. Here you got seasons on the line here in this game. So uh, excited to talk about it. Excited to be back. This is uh, you know this is really what you do sign up to do a show like this. These are kind of the weeks that you circle as, man, I think that's going to be a really good show. So uh, I'm looking forward to whatever this next uh, little chunk of audio we deliver uh, has to offer.
2: Chris, what's it, up, man?
0: If you're in the state of Michigan and you can't do a podcast or a sports radio show in this week, you you don't belong in the industry. Uh, I mean, especially if you're a Michigan fan, uh, you, you we've got – a lot to look back on uh, with the uh, Wisconsin game that that took place on Saturday night. We have even more to look look ahead to uh, with uh, you know the the battle for for Paul Bunyan's trophy coming up this Saturday in East Lansing, uh, and you know in between that, if you're just a regular sports guy, there's always baseball and, and the NFL to talk about. It is a beautiful time for sports, but this week this is. Uh, you know it's so weird. We're what six, seven weeks into the season. I, right now, I feel like it, even last week was probably supposed to be, but this feels like nitty gritty time, and it should. I mean, we're we're mid November. I'm sorry, mid October. Uh, college football. Uh, this is where the men uh, are separated from the boys, and uh, God willing. Uh, Michigan will turn out to be men in this situation.
2: Well, well we, mentioned we mentioned it last week. Last this is this Michigan's, Michigan's gauntlet, gauntlet during this, during schedule. this and schedule. And, and the, the thing game about game. college football is that when you start off week one with a loss like Michigan did, there is no room for error. So you're absolutely right, Chris. It is nitty-gritty time, especially, you know, and the thing about going to East Lansing on Saturday, you know, it's it's played on actual grass, you know, the stadium – Uh, you you know, it's not a a big spectacle, you know, like the big house. It's, you know, very much, um, I, I guess, you know, smaller environment in terms of the amount of people there, but those people are very, very passionate. It it really feels like old school football coming into Saturday.
0: It's the biggest week of the year for me. And I know a lot of people are going to find that to be, uh, a sacrilege, you know, and a lot of Michigan fans will look at it as, uh. You know how can you say that when there's the Ohio State game? Well, there's a lot of. I'm not going to tell my life story, but there's a lot of of uh, personal energy that goes into this week. I've been stressing since like the third quarter of the Wisconsin game. I mean, I got my I got my countdown clock on right now. Now this is assuming they kick off exactly at twelve, which they won't. We're at ninety hours fifty two minutes and exactly thirty seconds, so. Uh, it's, it's an exciting week. It's a stressful week more than anything. I just want the game to start. I just want the game to be played. We're going to talk about it here and that'll be therapeutic. I think for, for all of us, but, uh, what we want more is to just, uh, see the action unfold.
1: And honestly, like you say, you just want the game to be here and to be played. I can't wait till the game is over. Cause I think that um, I think, I mean, there's always the chance of, of it being painful, but it's one of those things where uh, this is a a great week for, for football in the state of Michigan, but it's honestly one of my least favorite weeks of the year of, of lead up and talk because there is so much talk and it's, you know, it's not, it's not cordial. I know we're going to try and make it cordial a little bit later on, but uh, you know, it's, you know with Michigan State winning at Penn State, which I was very surprised by that, even though I'm not I don't really buy i d I'm not huge on Penn State. I, yeah. they like I said I know they have a good offense and those guys have a tendency to score quick, but um they do I didn't expect that they, they do. didn't show I mean, it on Saturday. No, they didn't yeah. that's what well was,
0: we'll I, talk we'll talk more about that later. I'm jumping ahead. But
1: yeah, it's it's one of those things where never in a million years now did I expect that game to play out like that I think everyone kind of had Michigan State not you know I wouldn't have been surprised if they kept it close but I, I certainly a lot of people thought they were going to get blown out and now you know Penn State let them hang around let them hang around and when you do that a guy like James Franklin has a tendency to um overthink and and bumble his way out of a victory and, and I certainly think that's a lot what happened and that's not taking anything away from Michigan State so Michigan State season is we can't say they're back on track because if they go out and lose to Michigan on Saturday, then what they did against Penn state was all for naught. but you know, state at least for a week is, is alive. Uh, You know, you think the GIF of undertaker sitting up out of a coffin, like that's what their season is. Now they are, there's, there's new life. Um, We don't know what the final results going to be. Saturday is going to determine the trajectory for both of them, but you see Michigan state go out and do that. Michigan goes out and, and I'll be honest, like Wisconsin was overrated coming into the year, anyways. But really, just took it to a depleted Wisconsin team. That um, now it was a close game in the first half, but uh, you know things really spiraled out of control at the end. And uh, who would have thought a game like that? How poetic that a game like that really spun out of a control, spun out of control after a penalty on the long snapper who just happens to be named Cheeseman against oh. Wisconsin, like. <laughs> I don't know if you could script it any better than that. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as this week goes, there's a lot on the line because, and we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll throw it back to Luke here in a second to kind of guide us through that. But so much on the line this week, so many narratives in play. Michigan's up to all the way up to number six in the AP poll. It's insane to me. Um, Michigan State sneaks back into the top 25, sitting at number 24. So it's not just the rivalry thing at stake here. It's the once again you have a chance to get the monkey off your back of oh they haven't been a rank you know haven't beaten a ranked team on the road since you know two thousand seven or whatever it is uh, you know there's a lot of monkeys that you have the ability to get off your back this week and um, in a lot of ways to me and I might be jumping ahead a little bit here but obviously you want Michigan to go out and win the game but to me it almost feels like in a lot of ways almost kind of a lose-lose, because if they win, people will say, oh, well, you were supposed to win. Michigan State was overrated. But if you lose, dude, it's going to get nuclear around here. So it's one of those things where um, I don't know if you're going to be applauded all that much if you win, but if you don't win, it's going to be a nuclear, um, nuclear atmosphere heading into a bye week.
2: And yeah. I, I definitely get that, but at the same time, man, at you know the last decade, Mark D'Antonio went 11 and 0 against the spread in his uh, against Michigan in the last 11 games. Uh, you know, it, at this point, it just feels like it, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter if it's a lose lose. I'm going to be relieved if they win. You know, yeah. and that's what it's going to come down to. I don't even know if I'm going to enjoy the game at all on Saturday. It, it's either I'm miserable with a loss or I'm relieved with a win.
1: And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. I think even you know, even to a certain extent what the year that a couple of years ago when they beat Michigan State when they end up being three and nine, like that was just more relief too. Like even though you beat a bad football team, you're just like, Whew, that really wasn't all that fun. But <laughs> they got it done and um, and really what we've talked about this before is that you know, maybe this isn't this this is definitely one of the better rivalries in college football. And in in a lot of ways, you can make the argument. It's it might be more important than the Ohio State game, because in order for that Ohio State game to matter, you have to win this game uh, for both teams. Both teams still have Ohio State to play. So, um, you know, you're Michigan. You got win this game. You're setting up for something really special, Um, maybe to a lesser extent for Michigan State. If they win it, uh, their season isn't over by any stretch, but um, you know, for Michigan, we're talking about playoffs still being out there on the line. You know, you're up to number six. That goes to show how how valued you are right now. So um, it's it's go time. It's nitty gritty time, um, and really, uh, we'll we'll get into it a little bit further here. But uh, those are my initial thoughts as we open up the show here.
0: Yeah, I, before we go, you know, dive, you know, head first into Michigan State game, which is something I definitely want to do as well uh I, I do think we have to talk about just how good Michigan looked on Saturday um and really what was the final score 38 thirteen was that the the final score all right uh, yep. it should have been more and that is something that kind of worries me for this week is that Michigan I think is at at points this year has left points off the board uh I mean that they were up 13-7 at halftime and basically manhandled Wisconsin the entire half. Um, that that can't happen on the road against Michigan State. You can maybe get away with it against Northwestern. You can't get away with it against Michigan State. But with that said, um, the, the, the big storyline coming out of that game was just how dominant Michigan was running the ball, especially in the second half. Uh, and it was mainly... Uh, it was the offensive line, which continues to improve on a weekly basis, and Karan Higdon, who who really was, I mean, the only running back to get the ball. The only I don't remember Evans really affecting the game much at all. I, the only time he was in on a play that mattered was uh, Shea Patterson's touchdown, where he where they faked it to him, and then uh, Shea ran it in for a touchdown. Some of the, the only other ball carriers were, uh, you had Joe Milton for a few carries and then you had Dylan McCaffrey impressively breaking off a really good run for a touchdown late in the game. Um, you know, that, that type of running off rushing offense is, uh, I, I would be surprised if that's there against MSU. MSU has a really good run defense. I've talked about this ad nauseum multiple times. Um. The thing I like about Shea Patterson, and the thing I th- I believe separates him from uh, most quarterbacks Michigan's had in the last decade plus, is that I have faith that Shea Patterson has the ability to go out and win Michigan a football game. I think he might have to do that this week. I, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to run for however many yards that they ran for uh, in that second half, uh, or even the, in the whole game uh, against Wisconsin. Um, Michigan State's run defense is too good. They're going to rely a lot on their receivers, on their tight ends, and mainly on number two, who's going to have to make some big plays if they want to win that game. But with that said, uh, a really just dominant performance against Wisconsin. I knew uh, – well, I won't say I knew, but I felt like they had the ability to put together a performance like that against Wisconsin. Alex Hornibrook stinks. And, and he's always stunk, and 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 I thought if Michigan could get ahead and get to the point, and I, I think I did say this, and get to a point where they had to force Alex Hornibrook to try to win the game or try to make a comeback, they would lose. Uh, Wisconsin, I'm talking about, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, Alex Hornibrook's QBR was .7 uh, on on Saturday. Um, Michigan's going to need a. Uh, another similar defensive performance if they want to blow out Michigan State. And, uh, you know, Michigan State's going to have some tricks up their sleeve and hopefully the defense will be prepared. They have to, have to, have to uh, bring their A game on Saturday.
2: You know, uh, I've been looking at it, and I understand Michigan State's, you know, defense, very good uh, against the run. But when you go and look at their schedule – um, there's not a lot of teams that really tried to run on them. Like Utah State averaged about four yards a carry against them. I mean, CMU averaged three yards a carry on Michigan State. The the counting stats aren't there, but Penn State, they averaged, what, uh 6.4 yards per carry against Michigan State. Like, yes, the counting stats say Michigan State's a good running team, but against a team that can run, Michigan State uh, doesn't really slow – teams down any more than you know anyone else and so what I saw from the offensive line against Wisconsin I know it's a banged up defense for the Badgers but this offensive line has improved and improved and improved Ed Warner might be you know assistant coach of the year at this rate if this continues you know what's going on with Michigan in this offensive line play because it has improved tenfold and as soon as you start getting some of these you know zone runs like Karan and Chris Evans maybe healthy and and some of these cutback lanes and whatnot that's going to open up the passing game and it's also going to open up that read option which you know Michigan scored I think all their touchdowns against Wisconsin using that read option so I, I I mean I understand Michigan State's got a very good run defense but at the same time I I'm confident Michigan can get three four yards of carry on this defense
1: yeah, this is the thing that would concern me. Uh one, I think that what D'Antonio and Michigan State are going to try to do is they're going to try to, they're going to take Patterson's legs away. I don't think they're going to let him be um as dangerous with, with his legs as we certainly, you know, not an 81-yard run um, off of a read option or anything like that. So yeah. I think what they're going to yeah, do is yeah. make him win that game with his arm. It's it's going to be I know Michigan State's secondary is banged up right now but it's going to be a key, you know, can the wide receivers get separation? Cause you know, those guys are going to play Michigan state's corners are going to play physical with them and this is going to be a physical football game. So, and I guess one of the other, the offensive line is the most improved week to week unit all year, which is what we've wanted to see. It's what we never really saw last year. Never saw a team that got better every week, but yeah. as competition has increased as the, you know, the guys, uh, the talent of the Jimmy's and the Joe's uh, have increased across from them. Those guys have stepped up and done a good job every week. Uh, now Michigan state's got a couple of good defensive tackles. I, I think certainly the play of the interior line, you know, your, your Ruiz Bredesen, on Wenu, those guys are going to be huge this week. Cause you're going to have to be able to run the football, um, you know, if not put up the big numbers, it's you're going to have to at least be efficient with it. You're going to have to push guys around and get a yard or two. Because I think this is going to be one of those games where you're going to see a lot of short, third and shorts. Who's going to be able to execute on offense or defense with that? So I think you'll see that. And I think something else that worries me. Now, Brian Lewerke hasn't played well this this year and really didn't play well against Michigan State. Uh, against Penn State, you mean? I, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Uh, against Penn State. So it's one of those things where – is he finally going to have a, a breakout game? Cause I do, I certainly think the arm talents there. I think the player talent is there. Um, and, you know, they've got our receiver and Felton Davis where, you know, if I think of what state did a couple of years ago, where Connor cook targeted, uh, Aaron Burbridge like 20 times in the game. Now him and Jordan Lewis went at it and he only had about, you know, I mean, he had like nine or 10 catches, but again, it was only about half of the times he was targeted. So, yeah. um, does Michigan have the guy guys that can shut down a Felton Davis? Cause I don't, I don't think they've seen a wide receiver like that this year yet. So um, I certainly think those are a couple of keys in the game. Um, you know, I, I know that they're going to be hot on high alert for fake punts, fake field goals, all that stuff. You know, we've seen D'Antonio break those out in years past. Um, so, I mean, I, when I look at in game matchups, those are the kind of things I'm looking at. And uh the mo on Shea Patterson, and we can say you know he's looked great this year, and he has. But you know, kind of his mo at Ole Miss was that he plays well against teams that you're supposed to beat, and then against the LSU's of the world, the Alabamas of the world. Those are the games that he's kind of struggled in. We even saw it to a certain extent against Notre Dame. So um, you know, this is a this is really that next big game for them, and you can call Wisconsin a big game, and, and it was. But he was it was a depleted defense, and it was and at- really they, and it was at home too. So is, a, is he going to be able to go on the road and, and deliver a big win? This is the kind of game that you came to Michigan for. Um, not only do you came to Michigan for, it's the kind of game that Jim Harbaugh was hired to go out and win. Yeah. Now he's, what, one and six against his rivals? It's not good enough. So you look at this game now and we're looking at, you know, you come out of this and you lose. And, and not only – it wouldn't just be a, a, a loss because, you know, I know. – in a couple of those rivalry games, they haven't been favored, obviously against Ohio State, things like that. But this is a team that you are better than. You are better than this than Michigan State at pretty much every position. I think you have a better coaching staff, top to bottom. Um, you know, I've in terms of head coaching matchup, in terms of having guys ready to play. I I don't think it's a hot take to say that D'Antonio has done a much better job of that. Um, so, I, but I think that most of the matchups are in your favor and and you're a decent favorite in this game. I think the last time I saw was seven and a half points. I've talked about how I'm not confident with them in big games and they don't really deserve the benefit of the doubt. But even if I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt to maybe go out and win that game and I'm not making, this isn't my pick or anything. You're a better football team. And if you don't win this game, it's an absolute failure because you're better than them at every position. I know what's on the road. I know it's tough. I know it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. Anything less than going out and beating this team is, is you know, it's, it's unacceptable. So, but I think the attitude is there certainly, you know, listening to players and being around players the last few days. I think they're taking this seriously, yeah. you know, in years past, it's always kind of been a, you know, that, Big brother, little brother mentality has definitely been there, but they seem legitimately pissed off and out to send a message mm-hmm. right now. Um, well, and that's something I haven't seen in this week going into that game in a while. So, and I'm not saying it's it's going to be what turns the tide of the game, um, but I think I think they're mentality- going to match
2: the emotional intensity that Michigan State always brings.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's kind of what I was leading to is that. I think this is the first time in a while we've really seen this Michigan team play with an edge. That 2016 team was good, and they blew out a lot of teams, but it never really felt like they had that attitude to them. I feel like this group does have that attitude.
0: It, this might you know, sound strange, but they they did they had a swagger, but they didn't have an edge, if that makes sense. I could, I think that makes sense.
1: You had a lot of personality, but you didn't have that killer instinct, right? Now you're seeing them bury teams and do it in the second half and run the ball late in games to you know, death by a thousand paper cuts. I think that's what I tweeted out. Um, it was either after this game or or after the game before. I said something along the lines of the most impressive thing about this Michigan team is that their blowouts. It's not like they've been popping 75 yard touchdowns, 80 yard touchdowns, all these big plays. It's been death by a thousand paper cuts pretty much every week to where they just hammer away, hammer away, hammer away, hammer away. And then eventually the floodgates, you know, open up. And, you know, I know you, you, there's always going to be points left on the field. You don't want to miss kicks. You don't want to miss opportunities to get six instead of three. But I kind of feel like that's the MO of this team is that. They, it's gonna be you're gonna feel things out in the first half, and then bam, second half you're punching someone in the mouth. Uh, now a fast start is gonna be big for them in this game because unlike you know Northwestern who can go out to a 17-0 lead and give up a big lead, I think if you go down 14 nothing, 17 nothing to Michigan State, you're in trouble.
2: Can't do like it. They
1: can't they do have it. the ability to buff. So it's it's one of those things where I think that that's gonna be really a big key for that game as well.
2: I have a question for both of you real quick. Uh, it's a, it's a two question thing. OK, so I'm going to ask you both the same question and then I'm going to ask a follow up question of you. Do you guys believe and this pertains to Anthony's, you know, Shea Patterson thing? Do you believe if Shea Patterson was a quarterback in this game last year, Michigan would have won?
1: Yes, yeah, without a doubt.
2: And right. do you and do you believe that this year's Michigan team is better than last year's Michigan team? And do you believe this year's Michigan State team is better, same or worse than last year's Michigan State team?
1: I would say Michigan is is I mean, it's not a hot take. They're better. And Michigan State is probably the same, maybe a little bit worse because Lewerke not playing as well.
0: That's a good question. And the answer for Michigan State should be yes. For Michigan, it's definitely yes. I think we all agree Michigan's better if for no other reason it's because they have a competent quarterback. Michigan so, State uh, – uh, uh, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, you go, you, you go ahead, Karen. I thought you were done. My bad.
0: No, I, I'm far, far from done. Michigan <laughs> State has played six games this season. In all of them, they have played like shit. In all of them, they have looked terrible. Yeah, I, and this is going to get a lot of people mad. Penn State fucking stinks. Oh, my God. James Franklin is going to be out of that program in two years. I'm calling it right now. James Franklin is the Big Ten's version of Gene Chizik. You remember Gene Chizik? Of course you don't. Gene Chizik was the Auburn head coach when Auburn won the championship with Cam Newton. He won a national championship because Cam Newton was just that special of a player. Saquon Barkley was that player for Penn state. That dude can't coach his way out of a wet paper sack. Michigan, Brian Lewerke was seven for 21 in the first half and they found a way to lose the game. That was the least impressive win against a top 10 team I have ever seen. Michigan in theory, talent-wise, is so much better than Michigan State. They should win this game by two touchdowns. And I I think you guys can both agree, right? As, as uh, pissed off as I can be, as angry as I can be, I think I'm a pretty good sport. In the videos I've made... I don't know how much of a crossover audience there is here, but in the videos I made, whether it be against Michigan State in football or Notre Dame in football or Villanova in basketball, I, I've I've been uh, congratulatory of the opposing team pretty much every time. I am so sick and tired of having to do that. I am so tired of of having to say, oh, you got to tip your cap. Well, D'Antonio's team played the better game. They shouldn't be doing that. The- Michigan should win this game by two touchdowns. They won't. It'll be a close game. I'll lose years off of my life because of it. But they should murder Michigan State in this game. Michigan State can't score in the red zone. Michigan has a great red zone defense. Brian Lewerke can't complete a pass. Michigan secondary should lock him down. There's the only advantage Michigan State has is Michigan's O line versus Michigan State's D line. At that in that argument, yeah, maybe Michigan State has an advantage. There's no other part of this game in which Michigan State has an advantage. So yes. Well, Chris,
1: let me ask let me ask you this. Do you think, based on what we've seen, and based on what we've seen out of Michigan in big games, and this is just me throwing the argument out there, piggybacking off what you just said do you think Michigan has the advantage at head coach?
0: As of from what we've seen thus far in both Harbaugh's tenure and D'Antonio's tenure, you can't say yes. I, I There's whether in two of the three years, you know, honestly, I, only even th- even if you throw out the trouble with the snap game, even if you throw that out, last year's performance was so embarrassing that you have to give the edge to D'Antonio. Last year's game on national television, where they came out so flat you thought they were playing Rutgers, John O'Corn turned it over 17 times, and, and, and basically it was a 14-10 game where they got blitzed. You have to give the advantage at that point to Michigan State. And that, to me, is what worries me. And that is the reason why, and it goes it goes kind of without saying, Michigan has always had, for the most part, may, maybe 2015 or 2013 being exceptions, for the most part, the more talented team. Michigan's always gotten the better recruiting class. But it hasn't been to the last 10 years when they haven't played Better against Michigan State, and I, 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 I can't deal with that this year, guys. I, I in in previous years, you know, I, I've I've said, okay, maybe I was wrong about MSU, or maybe maybe MSU was just better. They aren't better. There's four guys on this defense and on Michigan's defense that are going to get drafted in the first round. They have a first round quarterback. There's no reason they should lose this game. No reason. And if they do, it will fall completely. And while I will absolutely give D'Antonio's group credit, it will fall completely on the shoulders of Michigan.
1: All right. Well, I think this actually goes into something I wanted to talk about here is that, first of all, I mean, I'm not going to be shy about it. I think that Michigan wins this game, and, and I feel like It's probably to me, I I see like a 10 point victory where they just, you know, they get a score late to pull away. That's what I see happening. And I know, you know, that might be walking back what I said or, oh, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt to win any big game. But um,
2: yeah, go back to that, though, Anthony, go back to that. Did did Saturday against Wisconsin kind of uh, take you further from from that stance a little bit?
1: A little bit because even with as depleted as Wisconsin is and and was um, teams don't do that to Wisconsin. I mean, teams don't run for 320 yards against Wisconsin. Uh, You just don't see that. So that was, um, you know, certainly surprising. And it also, you know, part of the thing about the Wisconsin game. Yeah, it was impressive. And I walk out of that game feeling a lot better about Michigan moving forward than I did going into it. Um, but part of it is also kind of the sobering of you know that that Wisconsin team isn't nearly as good as as people thought that they would be and I, that a lot of the fears about them during the week were completely unfounded it was more of an
2: emotional fear but
1: than a logical football fear
2: at the at the so. same time though real quick on that i mean at what point so if michigan goes out and they dominate michigan state you know we're going to hear the same things oh michigan state just wasn't that good at what point will it be Michigan's just a pretty damn good football team?
1: Well, I, and that's, that's the thing. Like I'm not trying to take anything away from Michigan. That was as really as complete a performance in a, in a game of that magnitude that, that we've seen out of them in in 10 years, quite frankly. I mean, at least uh, you know, that I can think of, Um, you know, if you want to talk about that Northwestern game in that first year where it was, I know it was technically a top 15 matchup, but, Northwestern is never a top 15 team in all of college football, but no, um, I think maybe, maybe the
0: things. maybe the Florida game, the, the Outback bowl. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be the
1: other one. I think those are the two. Yeah. And it's funny. I was actually Saturday night, uh, late night, obviously trying to get the rest of our content up. So we had stuff for the morning and things like that. So uh, Jared and Andrew did their reaction podcast. And in the caption for the podcast, it said, you know, Jared and Andrew recap, jim harbaugh's biggest win at michigan and at first i thought i was like okay come on that kind of feels like a lot and then i the more i sat and thought about it i'm like you know what that 100 they're probably 100 percent right about that i don't think there's any question personally no i mean that's that was big for them to get that monkey off your back and it's you know before a national the last time you played a national game at night uh, you went down to Notre Dame and, and really pulled your pants down and, and bent over. So, I mean, now it's it's one of those things where even – so now, Chris, you talked about how you're tired of giving other teams credit for playing well. Um, you know, even with some of the struggles we've seen Notre Dame have, obviously still undefeated since then, that's still a pretty damn good football team. Yeah. If Michigan goes out and loses to this Michigan State team, that will be – Really, to me, I mean, the Iowa game was bad a couple of years ago, but that would probably be the biggest fuck up of the Jim Harbaugh era. And at that point, you lose that game, that ba- this bandwagon will empty very quickly. Mm-hmm. I think you see people start to, to, you know, I think things get ugly if they win- they lose this game. So, um,
0: and it should really. I mean, y- y- I I can't I won't blame any fan for being furious. If they lose this game.
1: No, because, you know, power five schools and schools with a rich tradition. I mean, take the name, take the, the colors out of it. You know, when you hire a coach of that magnitude, you bring you're bringing him in to win big games. Now, um, you know, congratulations. I mean, people don't realize, you know, three or four years ago uh, when Hoke was still around. You were losing to teams you had no business losing to. That's not a problem now. You're going to beat the teams that you're better than. Yeah. Congratulations.
0: You're not going to lose to Minnesota at home.
1: Yeah. So, but when you, you know, we've seen it before in the past where, you know, why did guys like John Cooper at Ohio State get fired? Why did, you know, the Bo Polinis of the world get fired? They didn't win enough big games. Mm -hmm. If Jim Harbaugh loses this game, Michigan loses this game. You'll be one and seven against rivals. Underneath it, there there are no excuses. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen the weather report for Saturday, but I don't see a monsoon
0: in the forecast. Yeah, fuck that. I, even if there is, I look,
1: no. Let me finish here. I'm I don't sorry. see a monsoon in the forecast. I look at the roster. I see plenty of capable quarterbacks. Even if Shea Patterson, you know, gets hit by a truck on the way to the stadium, still have c- capable quarterback play. Yeah. I see a defense with you know multiple first, second, third round picks on it. I see an offensive line that's getting better. I see some of the best group of wide receivers, running backs in the big 10. If you can't win this game, you have no business coaching here, mm-hmm. period. Cause even if you go out and beat Ohio state and win out after this, it's all for naught because you, you lost a game that you needed to have because this is a very winnable game. And I like, I've been to East Lansing for the game a couple years ago, and I know it was against the three and nineteen. But that's not—you're not going to Kinnick Stadium. You're not going to Wisconsin. You're not going to Columbus. Right? That's not mm-hmm. what they have ahead of them. The only thing that could keep them from winning this game is between their ears. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Jim Harbaugh overthinking something? You know, think about that game at Ohio State a couple years ago, throwing a play-action pass with your back to your own end zone—stupid mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, is, is just play your game, be the hammer, not the nail, and for once, just do what you're expected to do
2: and, for once. And here's my thing, though. You know, the big thing about this has always been, you know, the reason Michigan fans obviously have made a lot of excuses the past 10 years of why they lose to Michigan State. And a lot of it was because, and there's some truth to this, is that Michigan State? You know they get more up because it's "quote unquote" their Super Bowl for it. Well, however, true that may be, Which, whatever you know
1: what, I think but, that take is absolute horseshit right, too. Right? Uh, they place a lot of, um, a lot of emphasis on that, and rightfully so. It's a rivalry game, right? Refresh, a f- refreshing amount of emphasis on it. You know, you'd love to see more of that, and like I said, I think we have seen more of that. Um, But also, I'm not trying to bag on anyone. But there was that someone in the press conference on Saturday night came out with that question. I don't have the audio of it. You know, you're going up against a team who treats it like it's the Super Bowl. Game 7 of the World Series. Game 7 of Stanley Cup Finals. Like, why do we let everyone into these press conferences (laughs) now? I don't understand that. Um, That's a little sidebar. uh, But, uh, like, that attitude from – it's just – I can't stand it. Like why you have no business being there asking questions that, you know, Joe from, uh, the malt shop down the street would ask if he got invited into the, you know, the press conference that, you know what, if the, you know, the dishwasher from cottage Inn uh, was allowed inside the press conference, get that shit out of the press room. Seriously.
2: Now, I, I, my point on that was though, like that win against Penn state, Watching it felt like the win that Michigan State usually gets against Michigan when Michigan is favored to win the game. Uh, D'Antonio was running fake punts, you know, fake special teams play, getting all creative with his play calls in order to eke out any sort, you know, stay in it as much as he can so they can potentially, you know, scratch out a win late. Like that has been the MO when Michigan has come into this game heavily favored when it when they don't come in heavily favored, Michigan State just does what they do. They run the ball, they play good defense. But, you know, last year, Michigan State scored fourteen points. One of those touchdowns was like the the fake, you know, the Lewerke had like three fakes and then threw a screen sort of play. That's only going to work once in a game. That's what it felt like in that Michigan State, Penn State that, D'Antonio was pulling out all the stops to get a win versus Penn State to get to Michigan, you know, with just one Big Ten loss, whereas how much creativeness does he have left in the tank that Michigan doesn't already see on film? Because I I personally, from from watching these games and seeing how creative D'Antonio gets against Michigan, you know, even even in the 2016 game, Michigan State took the ball and went down and scored on the first possession against a. a staunch michigan defense and then really couldn't score until late in that second half on that defense because they were so creative in that first drive how much creativeness does he have left in the tank or you know did he show all his marbles against penn state because and if he did i really like michigan's chances saturday
1: yeah i mean they've always got some kind of spider two Y michigan special that they've been installing since spring football that they'll pull out at some point, like it's going to happen. I'd like to think it's maybe Michigan has those kind of tricks too. They certainly have the athletes for trick plays. We saw the, the wide receiver pass from, uh, from Grant Perry a couple weeks ago in the Maryland game, which is weird to me um, that you'd pull that out then, but they're going to be ready to play. I mean, you know what it is like if you know, we're given love, we're given respect. um, They might get beat, but Michigan state will be ready to go. Um, I've talked about that deer in the headlights. Look, I've seen out of Michigan on the road. Like I said, that can't happen early. If this, you know, this needs to be a business trip for them. Um, you know, the talk, you know, I know people are, I've seen state fans and trust me, I've been to the red Cedar message board this week. Uh, why I have nothing else better to do during the day, but I've seen the, you know, they're looking for every shred of disrespect that they can get. And it's funny that this, um, there's the thread on Reddit with Reddit with all the, the Michigan fans complimenting the program and um, and all that. They're they're just not getting the bulletin board material they usually get. So um, I don't know. just kind of can I, cracked, can I you
0: know? give? I mean, the, there's a couple major reasons for that. Uh, one, obviously, I mean, Michigan's gotten their asses kicked, you know, eight of the last ten years. But I think, especially, th- I think this year more than any other year, I think they're scared. I think they. I think there is a feeling deep down of man. If we can't win this year, under these circumstances, I, I mean, what what else can we ask for? That if all the excuses are gone, now I'm sure if it rains or some shit, people will make excuses. What, it, what is will that be justified excuses? No, absolutely not. But I mean. They've complained Michigan never had a quarterback. Okay, they got one. Uh, Michigan never had a coach. They got one. Uh, this year, more than any other year, um, it, it's there's always that concern. I think there's a lot of concern because uh, I think everyone knows Michigan has a better team. And if I mean if they can't beat this Michigan State team, and I'm so look I, if I if Michigan State. Was four and two, and had had lost two close games where I thought you know they could just the other team kind of got lucky. It'd be whatever, but I, I've watched every game and I haven't seen them play well once. And, and I'm I'm amazed that they're ranked. To be honest, I was shocked when I saw that. I ain't th- I don't think they have any business being in the top twenty five. But yeah, I say all this, and I know I fucking know. Michigan State is gonna come to that game on Saturday and do some shit that I've never ever seen from them
2: yeah it's it's gonna happen. all the metrics say Michigan should win, you know uh and s p plus has Michigan number four I don't know where they have Michigan State. I know the Vegas uh power ratings have Michigan at number four Michigan State number twenty uh the yards per play every everything you look at says Michigan should win this game, but this is one of those games that that really doesn't factor in the pressure that is on Michigan that you guys keep talking about. And I think we have to also keep remembering that uh, Michigan's football team is full of college kids, you know, like like think back to when uh, it's not far removed when you were in college. How reliable were you? I was not a very reliable human being being in college, like anything can happen when we're dealing with kids. Like I understand these are five-star athletes, you know, these are the cream of the crop, you know, they're getting to go to school for free and whatnot, but that doesn't change the fact that they're college kid-age human beings. Anything can happen in that sense. It, it's really up to the coaches to instill a confidence in them and and give them a game plan and, and say, hey, man, we're ready to go. Whatever Michigan State does, it doesn't matter. We're going to go out there and win this game. Yeah, I, yeah,
1: I, I'm with you. I don't – it's like I don't know – as a coach, it is your job to instill that confidence and instill an attitude. But I don't know in some of these big games if if Michigan is – I won't call it a lack of confidence, but they've certainly been unsure of themselves um, and what they want to do and what they want to be. And I think another key in this game is going to be who's the more stubborn football coach. Because I think whoever ends up being – the more stubborn coach of the two in terms of philosophy and, and play calling and what they want to do, that's going to be a team that loses that football game. So, uh, you know, Mark D'Antonio said they want to run the ball 40 times. Well, if you are you want to do that against Michigan, please go right ahead. Um, you know, I, I think the recipe for success for them is, um, you know, the, the dink and dunk stuff, The when you can get, you know, make the – I feel like Michigan – at least from, uh, really both on offense and defense, I think that there's a couple opportunities each game on both sides of the ball to make a play. You know, there's there's the big plays that um, Michigan's given up some big plays on defense. When you look at the offense and Shea Patterson, as well as he's played, and you know I'm, you know, I'll stop short of saying that he's been amazing and terrific. He's been he's been pretty good this year. He's been efficient. But every game, there's there's two or three opportunities to maybe pick off a pass or or, or make a play on the football against him, um, and that kind of worries me too. You know, if if Michigan State has any chance in that game, they're going to have to make cash in on some of those opportunities. And and from Shea Patterson's point of view, you know, this has been a Michigan State defense that you know it really it's been a they've, they've struggled with the dink and dunk stuff. So, I want to see some slants on Saturday. I want to see, you know, some of the screens getting the ball out quickly and getting your playmakers in space because I think your athletes are better than their athletes uh, on the back end and the back seven and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel from a football standpoint, from a schematical standpoint, from a body of work standpoint. There's absolutely no reason that Michigan should not win this football game and quite frankly do it quite pretty decently comfortable. Um, It's the stuff between the ears. It's the approach to the week. It's the, you know, some of the key decisions in big games. I don't, uh, it's hard. It's very hard to give them the the benefit of the doubt. But like you said, I think, Chris, you're kind of dead on when you talk about the impressive, uh, that being one of the least impressive wins over a top 10 team that you've ever seen. But you know, if, if it's anything that Michigan State does well, it's it's win unimpressively, oh, win anyways. I mean, man. you think about that game at Ohio State a couple of years ago where they won with two backup quarterbacks uh, on the road in Columbus. Um, they win the type of games that, that aren't pretty, but they do it anyways. And those are the type of games that Michigan hasn't won. So um, if Michigan State gets you in an ugly game, you might be in trouble. And that's really, I think, what it boils down to.
2: So, Anthony, I have to ask you, you know, after the Notre Dame game, you said you're not going to give this team the benefit of the doubt in any big game. How are you feeling about this one? Are you giving them the benefit of the doubt or are you still extremely skeptical?
1: I mean, I'm skeptical because this is a week where, We've seen a lot of unpredictable stuff happen over the years, even when Michigan wasn't good, um, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Who could have ever predicted that they would have minus 48 yards rushing and things like that? Like the weird stuff has happened in this game. The trouble with the snap. The
2: Are we, um, are we sure that D'Antonio didn't sell his soul after the Mike Hart comments to the devil? Like, are we positive that he did not sell his soul?
1: Well, I think the football gods leveled the playing <laughs> yeah. field because the hubris on the Michigan side of things had been way too large. And, and obviously things kind of spiraled out of control for them and, and shot up for Michigan State after that. Now, I think you can make the argument to a certain extent that Michigan's downfall under Richrod, under Hoke, really namely under Richrod, that was kind of the tinder of the fire that sparked the – the Michigan state renaissance. Uh, I think Michigan sucking certainly had a part to play in Michigan state emerging as a, you know, as a pretty good program. Now state has taken that and run with it. And, um, in the last few years, like, you know, you went to the playoff, you went, you went to the won the Rose bowl, played in the cotton bowl, all that stuff. But, um, let's be honest here. Michigan state is a seven and five or eight and four football team. Um, and if you lose to them, that's it's a stain on your resume. First and foremost, uh, like I said, one seven against your rivals. It's it's one of those things where I don't know if you're Jim Harbaugh and, and you your team loses this game. I don't know how to sell that. The season, like, you can always, I mean, yeah. The season. But you the have you still over. you'll still
2: have a chance at a Big Ten championship though.
1: You still have a chance, but what does that mean? Yeah, but- like I said, you go, say you win out and go beat Ohio State. Um, mm. I mean, it'll still I mean, be able-
2: yeah. I, I get that, but at the same time, it'd be nice to win a Big Ten or at least play an Indy. That would even be nice.
0: It would. But what are the sure. what are the if they lose this game? What are the odds they go to Ohio State and win?
1: If they lose to this Michigan State team on the road, they are not going to Columbus. Anymore. Right, like it Facts. will happen.
2: Yeah, and are you guys are you guys worried about that at all? I mean, look at how they started out against Notre Dame and started out against Northwestern. Are you worried that they're going to lay an egg in the first quarter of this game? Terrified. Yeah,
1: I think that that's <laughs> a, right. that's a decent possibility. Yeah, we've seen it before. Yeah, no I guess, doubt. I um, I'm terrified if, of if, it. If it's if it's not laying an egg early on, it's a back breaking mistake at some point. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't, and I'm, I'm really trying to not have this be a negative sounding show, but.
2: I know we're, we're like teetering almost towards the dark here as, as we get closer to the end of the show. You can't
1: listen, there are a ton of Michigan podcasts out there that are going to jerk you around and tickle, you, you know, tickle you in the naughty parts about how great the <laughs> Maze of Blue are and, and how great it is to be a Michigan Wolverine and who's got it better than us. I'm just trying to, come at this realistically like last year was last year. Two years ago was two years ago. Three years ago was three years ago, but the body of work suggests that I, I don't, I'm picking them to win this game, but it's my least confident pick of the entire year. Really? It is. I mean, cause even I won't like, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to sit here and pick them to beat Ohio state. Like I won't walk back from that at all. No. As of five or six weeks ago, I didn't even know if I could pick them to win this game. I'm picking them to win this game. I think they will win this game. And if they don't win this game, it's time to look hard in the mirror. Like it really is. Right. I, You know, you can't, they will be one in seven against rivals. Say you lose to Ohio state. You'll be one in um, eight, one in one in eight against your rivals through four years. You go to the fucking, ass, I man. can't sell that positively at all. Like if you cannot win your rivalry games, and don't don't spare me this. And I know I heard Kirk Herbstreit say it over the weekend. Oh, who's who's better to coach Michigan than Jim Harbaugh? Well, guess what? You can't let fear of the unknown stop you from making a logical decision. Unless you're saying we're going to be a nine or nine or ten win team every year. We're not gonna win all of our rivalry games. In fact, we'll probably lose most of them. We'll surprise you every once in a while. But uh you know, hail the victors. Buy your gear. Um, pack the M den. Pack our stadium every week, and uh, you know we're just gonna go out there and give it the old college try. Look, um,
0: you you bring something up there though, and I think that is part of the reason why fans and people like me are really scared about this game. I think if they lose this, that is gonna be the point that it it will be the official breaking point in which Michigan fans realize that 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 is gonna that might have to be what we accept from this program is eight or just eight or nine wins every year and hopefully god willing one of these years you know we went 11 or 12 because yeah. I, I it, it, it's not well I you know I'm not even gonna reiterate what we've already said we've already gone over it but mm-hmm. hey, you can't lose this game you just
2: like I well you know, like I said last week, man, the, you talk about the James Franklin quote. You know, going from good to great, and great to elite. You know, the elite programs win this game. An elite program is going to go into East Lansing at noon, and they're going to start strong. They're going to finish strong. They're going to dominate the game. An elite program wins this game. Is Michigan going to take that next step? That's when we find out on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, well, let me say
1: this: yeah, I, It feels like it's kind of been like a 45 minute you know, question fest for Jim Harbaugh and kind of bashing his body of work. Let me say this. I think he's done a really nice job this year. I yeah. really do. Since that season opening loss, which was, I mean, still unacceptable to me that your offensive line looked that bad, but the changes that he made to the staff, I mean, why did Jim McAway and wide receivers are getting open now? Wide receivers are making plays now. Obviously the, mm-hmm. the offensive line, like it was a little, it's kind of a roundabout way to upgrade your offensive line coach with Drevno resigning. And then Warner already being on your staff as a analyst and getting elevated, like somehow some way you lucked into you, you fell into an upgrade there, which is great. And, and you're seeing it play out because um, those guys are doing an excellent job and it's not even, you know, we've seen them in, seen them in the past, you know, dominate teams like Rutgers in Minnesota and Minnesota be able to run the ball for 300 yards. But in terms of like just technique and the finer details and, and some of the football things you want to see out of an offensive line, you're seeing them do that. And I think the season has kind of worked out in a way where after Notre Dame, the opponents were getting a little bit tougher every week after that. Mm-hmm. And and it's been progress every week. So I, I certainly think that um, that's paid huge dividends for them. And, and I think Harbaugh has, has been a little more open-minded with the offense. I think the play calling has been better. It's still, listen, you go through and watch, I mean, who we think is the best play caller in college football. I mean, I'll just throw a name out there. Lincoln Riley. If you watch a game full of Lincoln Riley's offense at Oklahoma, you're probably going to see some stupid play calls in there too. So they happen in every game uh, for every team. But I think overall, like you're seeing you know, tight ends are playing well. Again, and a factor in the offense, you're, Every change that had to be made was made coming into this year and and really like I said outside of that opening week they've been what you were hoping they would be. Um so I think Jim Harbaugh deserves a ton of credit. I certainly think that this is um you know his we'll just say his best quote unquote coaching job at Michigan so far was definitely that first year, but I think in terms of what you want to see him do, what you wanted to see this offense do, um I think he's done a great job and I think that uh has been I think he has been the less stubborn football coach this season of the two guys that are going to be on the field against each other on Saturday. So um Mark D'Antonio has made some adjustments too but it took them two losses to do that. Um but we'll see what happens. I think that listen, to answer my question from earlier, I think that in the right here right now, we won't talk about the body of work in terms of what we've just seen this year. I think that Michigan has the advantage on the sideline with their head coach too. So um, the body of work is, is going to concern me until they prove otherwise. But I think that they have the better football team. I think that they've been coached better. I think that the often, the, the, the assistance that they have on the staff are better than the, you know, the, the bargain bin assistance that Michigan state has. Um, and if this is, if, you know, listen, nobody on Michigan state is going to listen to this. I mean, there might be a media member from Michigan state that, runs this tape to Mark D'Antonio's office and knocks on his door and says, oh, we finally have a batch of disrespect. But um, there's absolutely no excuse to go out and lose this game. None. Nada. Whatsoever. And if you do, um, you either have to decide that what you're getting isn't good enough or that what you're getting is what you're going to be. And as long as you turn a profit, you're cool with that because hashtag leaders and best and all that stuff. So, um, I think it can pretty much be summed up to that. Uh, I think that Michigan should win. Like I said, they should win this game. It should be, I think it will be close until late. You know, I expect them to pull away at some point. I think that, uh, that they will be able to um, kind of force their will towards the end of the game. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a blowout. Would it surprise me? Yeah. Blowout would, would surprise me. I think I'd be, um, uh, like I said, I think I'd be caught off guard if you just went into East Lansing and blew the doors off this team. But um, yeah, we're there's there's no excuse short of you know Shea Patterson and Dylan McCaffrey, you know, getting into some kind of illegal <laughs> drug bust that keeps them off the field on Saturday, um, and then you got to play Joe Milton at quarterback like that. So it would take something pretty crazy to be like, "Oh, there's, oh, there's your excuse." No, there are no excuses. I don't want to hear any of them. If you lose, um, it would be some tough conversations to be had. But I don't, I really don't foresee us having those conversations. I really don't. All
2: right, Chris, your final thoughts on the game.
0: But just one more thing that hasn't been brought up, if I recall correctly, Michigan had one penalty on Saturday, and that was the celebration penalty in the fourth quarter. That's amazing. And uh, I think it kind of adds to the point that Anthony was making about the fact that Harbaugh has done uh, a, a really good job this year of keeping this team disciplined and focused and ready. This is a rivalry game. Don't do anything stupid. If, you have, if it's third and 17 and Lewerke throws an incomplete pass, don't hit him in the head. I understand it things get chippy, it's a rivalry game. Let Michigan State do that crap. And you could say, oh, that's disrespect." but they do, and they will. Let, let that happen. Don't shoot yourselves in the foot with stupid penalties. Stay disciplined, and most importantly, win the game. Those are my final thoughts.
2: All right, so usually this is hate week in the state of Michigan, but as, you know, Jim Harbaugh in his presser said, we we could all use, you know, paraphrasing here, we could all use a little more positivity, a little break from all that negative stuff. So we're turning it in to Love Week. We're going to say some things that we love about Michigan State and their program right now here on Brewcast. Anthony, I'm going to start with you.
1: Oh, okay. Well, um... Gosh, what do I love about Michigan State? I feel like I need to be playing some kind of like love show theme music. <laughs> Just adding a note for my uh, for post-production here. Um, let me say this. I love how East Lansing looks in the fall when you have to walk an hour across their huge campus to get to the stadium because it's so damn huge. I love that. It's a great walk, great uh, great atmosphere for a fall football game.
2: Chris, what what do you love about Michigan State? All
0: right. I I I respect. Don't say love. I I I respect the hell out of the fact that Dantonio has taken this program to heights that no one ever thought that they would go to. I've when I was interning with the great uh uh Jack Ebling He told me straight up, I never thought Michigan State would win a Big Ten championship under Mark D'Antonio, and this was in 2015, I believe, and he said, and I don't think he'll win two. Well, he's won two. uh, Two outright titles. Um, I – and people will think that I'm crazy for saying this, but that's fine. I I fully acknowledge I am a bit crazy. I do respect – Some of the uh, values that D'Antonio has preached over uh, the years at Michigan State. I have something right here. It's a bottle opener. I'll name, I'll drop it as I name drop there. I went, I did go to high school with uh, two of the D'Antonios and they were, uh, uh, especially the younger one, really, really nice to me. I don't know if they knew I was a Michigan fan. But I was that like funny, weird kid, and she was obviously like the really super popular, cute one. Uh, and she was always really cool. So I respect the program, and I respect uh, that family as a whole. I absolutely wish we would beat them every year, fifty to nothing. It doesn't happen, but uh, I do have a great deal of respect for what they've done.
2: And you know, uh, I'll I'll piggyback off that one, Chris, a little bit in the sense that I love that about Michigan State and their program, and I respect about their you know program is that no matter how bad things get, you know, no matter how many seasons that end up disappointing, no matter how many times they go three and nine, they always bounce back mm-hmm. and they you know and they and they pull out wins, you know, that they absolutely shouldn't against Penn State, and I absolutely respect that. No matter how bad it gets, no matter how often it gets bad, they always seem to bounce back.
1: Agreed. It's beautiful. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> um, I'll add another one. Um, I love how they only serve pretzels and popcorn in the press box to make credentialed media feel like they are the fans down in the concourse getting a snack during the game. I really appreciate that.
2: Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. I also like that it's the uh, it's the land of second chances. You know, it it doesn't matter if you end up, you know, with a with a driving citation, a DUI, you go to jail. It doesn't matter because Michigan State is always going to give you a second chance to get back on the team and get out there on the field. I really respect that about them.
1: That's God, so well spoken, so well said. I I really. God, I, I was such gentlemen doing this show. Um, we really are, Chris. Do you,
0: Chris? Do you have any more? I, uh, I, I'm, I'm emotionally drained from this episode. <laughs> <So> I got <laughs> he
1: has no no love or hate.
0: I'm more emotionally drained from this than I was after I saw Store Stars Born last week. So uh, I still have to oh, go see sucks. that.
2: I still have to go see it. I hear nothing but good things.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, and hopefully this Saturday will be amazing too.
2: Well, Chris, I also did go see Venom. Um,
1: what do you think? I enjoyed it. It was it was okay. I I didn't love it, but I was entertained. Yeah. It's nowhere near, nowhere near as bad as it was made up. Yeah,
0: out th- me. that's the thing. And I I know we're running long, but I I had a lot of people or I read a lot of people saying, "Man, my friends and I or my the the screening that I went to, there were people laughing." On uh, you know, unintentionally or at moments that or laughing at moments that were unintentionally bad, I never really got that. I never uh, there was uh, there were moments that were bad, but like when I think of movies that have moments that are intentionally or that are just so terrible they're funny, like I think of the Room, Troll Two, Freddy Got Fingered. Like I, I, there was nothing in this, like, or where I was, where I was saying to myself, "Oh, this is this is just hilariously bad." It, it was, it was passable. It's just we've been spoiled so much with good comic book movies that I think ultimately it's just going to be kind of forgotten.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, do you guys have any other final thoughts? I guess I, one thing I was going to bring up is that this week used to be fun for me because <laughs> I went to. I went to a, I went to a Catholic school, so like we had the uniforms the whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while they would have Jean days, which you know if anyone yeah. went to a private school, I think a Jean day was basically you come in uh, on a Friday, you bring in a dollar for I don't know the church or charity or whatever they were gonna do. And if you brought a dollar in, you could wear jeans for the day. So there was always the Michigan Michigan State Jean day, and I always thought that dynamic was cool to like see which of your friends were going to be in green and white and which of your friends were on, Mm -hmm. I guess, quote-unquote, your side. And it was in maize and blue. And It was always kind of friendly. Then, like, 10 years ago or so, it started to not get all that friendly. Um, And it's actually pretty toxic now. I actually, uh, you know, Michigan-Ohio State is a whole different beast because I I think those are two people of a different ilk. But this is a rivalry that has turned – Neighbors against each other. I mean, as I as we record this podcast now, I look out my front window here, and my neighbor's got a gruff Sparty uh, flag out front. I don't have the heart to to put a Michigan flag out or even tell them that um, I'm on the Michigan side of things with the media and the podcast and all that. So um, I, I gen, like, I'm legitimately afraid uh, for what some people might do to each other this week. So as Ellen ends all of her shows, Ellen DeGeneres, you know, be kind to one another, love one another um, embrace this week. Like this is, you know, there's always been a lot of talk about, Oh, we want this to be the iron bowl of the North. Well, guess what? This game matters yeah. this year. Like it's mattered, you know, quite a bit over the last few years. Didn't matter as much uh, for another team in 2016, but this game is important. Like your, mm-hmm. your season. I think we talked about this going into the Notre Dame game, like whoever wins your fan base is going to be elated and and to some extent relieved, but if you lose it's there's going to be hell to pay, Um, you know, Michigan state, like I said, I still think that they're probably a seven or eight win football team. So all you really have this year is beating Michigan. And if you don't beat Michigan, there's going to be fans crying for, for some change there, not maybe D'Antonio, but uh, for them to shake up their staff things like that. So whoever, and, and obviously we're what, could happen to Michigan if they lose has been well-documented. So uh, it's a big game. You don't run away from it. It's, it's a fun week uh, in terms of, you know, the anticipation. A lot of people just want the game to get here. Me, I'm going to be there working it uh, for the site. I just want the game to be over. I want to be back at my house, you know, whenever I end up getting home 6 or 7 o'clock on Saturday night. And I want to look forward to doing this show next week because if they lose, I'll be honest, like, we'll do the show. But I'm not gonna have fun doing it. Because no. I'm gonna have a lot of mean things to yeah. say. And you're not gonna like the things I have to say. So if you thought that I've been the negative Nancy the last few weeks, you're not gonna like next week's show if they lose. You're really not. So um just go out there and get it done. Like you have there's like I said, no excuse to not go out and get it done. So just just do the damn thing. We're putting one more thing. The revenge tour is officially on as chase Winovich said over the weekend, we are selling the revenge tour shirts on the website. I hope that they have a longer shelf life than four or five days from now after this Michigan state game, because there's a bye week coming up and then another big game against Penn state. So not only from a sales thing, do we, do we need this, this win street to keep going? Uh, but also with, you know, go, go to, go to the site, get a shirt. Uh, we're going to be donating a proceed of the cut. Um, a cut of the proceeds uh, from the shirts to the family of Larry Prout uh, with their, um, the GoFundMe that's been set up for them. So a little bit of a charity angle would love for you guys to, to nab a shirt, tweet us a picture of the shirt. If you now I will be posting this podcast on Tuesday night. If you order, when you hear this podcast, there's a very good chance you will have it in time for kickoff on Saturday. If you don't or, or you wait a day or two, you're going to get it, but you better cross your fingers. That shirt doesn't look stupid a week from now. So maybe I'm not doing the best job selling why you should buy a shirt right now. But I think you should buy a shirt because even if it's ironically hilarious, it's going to a good cause. We're helping out the Prouts. We're helping out Larry. We're helping a family out. Mm-hmm. So um, go over go over to the website. Get a shirt. If you can't find it on the website, tweet me. Tweet us. We'll get you a link to it get yourself a shirt, buy two shirts, buy three shirts, what what have you. So um, anything else from me? Do I have any other thoughts? Uh, Again, stay tuned for, we will have some sort of fan engagement announcement coming up, have some pretty cool stuff planned uh, for the weekend of the Penn state game. So please stay tuned, look at the website, keep your eyes on the social media channels. Uh, Something that I think is going to be cool for all of us and, I'd love for a lot of people to be a part of. So keep your eyes on that. Um, I guess while I'm here, I'll throw my Twitter out to you because Luke's about to ask me, anyways. It's true. Uh, Anthony T. Broom. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Uh, and I'll let my, my co host
2: finish it out like he usually does. Chris, where can we find you at?
0: You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I 2014. Uh, not sure how much I'm going to be tweeting during the Michigan-Michigan State game, but uh, I'll definitely have a video up after win, lose, or draw. So you can look forward to that, and uh, hope to see you on my feed.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, G-H-I-A-R-D-I. That's how you spell the last name. Also, make sure you go follow Baruchas Show on Twitter. Follow the the Mothership M- Maze Brew on Twitter as well. And if you're going East Lansing on Saturday, make sure you stay safe. For Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani, I'm Luke Giardi. We'll be back with Cast next week. Hopefully, it's going to be a pleasant one.